0: All right. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast, which is part of Fantasy Basketball International. This is episode 36. And for this episode, we're not going to talk much about fantasy basketball. We're going to talk about real basketball. uh, And joining me is one of my good friends to talk about his journey as a uh, D1 player and now trying to make it as professional. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right. As I said, we're not going to talk much about fantasy. We're going to be just talking about real hoops uh, for this one. Spencer's going to join me. And I think it's an important perspective for anybody that's interested in fantasy basketball and, or just like, I guess, gambling really uh, to understand how things actually work as opposed to just reading box scores and seeing what you see on Twitter, understanding the behind the scenes of it's important. I think if you, it's more of an issue in football, seeing uh, fans, you know slide into Instagram DMS and you know say things they wouldn't say to a player's face and you see that all the time people being very degrading uh, to professional athletes but I think it's important to see uh, the human side of them as well so I'm gonna go ahead and bring in Spencer Rogers uh who I played with in high school which is how I'm, uh, i know him and I'm able to be connected with them to talk about this Uh, Spence, we're going to get into kind of your journey as a basketball player. But first, before we get into that, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to see you.
0: Yeah, man. I appreciate you hopping on with me. I know uh, you had a you know, it's been pretty busy for you the past few months, which we'll get into at some point. uh, Trying to figure things out on the basketball side of it. Uh, But we can start at the beginning, if that's okay with you, just. Kind of walking through your journey because i feel like that's actually probably what i know most of the details about is how you started i guess in high school uh you know we both went to mountain view high school in lawrenceville georgia played some you know tough competition a lot of times we'll talk about some of the uh players that i think more so you got to play against than i got to play against but i was there on the team with a jersey uh for these games so i i tell people i i played against them as well but uh, what was, I guess, if we're starting really at the beginning, uh, you're a four-year varsity player. Tell me what that experience was like, I guess, being kind of entrusted as a starter coming in as a freshman in high school uh, for a program with first-year head coach and that was never good at all.
1: <laughs> right. Um, it was. It was a very interesting experience. I mean, coming in, what 13, 14 years old, you know, coming in from eighth grade, being being a good player on the eighth grade team, but now you're going against seniors. They're 17, 18 years old and they got more experience. And uh we took a lot of lumps uh when we were when we were young. Uh we had a lot of losing seasons. Uh, I can't even remember how many games we lost my first our first two years up there, but it was it was pretty bad. But um, you know, but just being there from a young age, you know, really helped all of us, all the people that, you know, were varsity with us as freshmen. Uh just helped us grow and then part of that re- part of those experiences helped us you know win games once we got older once we became juniors and seniors so it really paid off definitely and you were
0: able to help kind of turn the culture around for a, a slightly newer school that had never really won and win a win the region as a junior in a tough region and I think I've you know I've told I guess not told the story but like kind of talked with some people uh where I've said like yeah like we played against a lot of division one players. I mean, Devin Vassell, who's now, who just got paid four years, $146 million was in our region, playing him a couple times a year. And they were, people were like, Oh, like playing against him. Like he must've been just significantly better than everybody else out there. Like clearly I'm like, well, I mean, like he was one of the best players, but it was, there was talent just across that region. We were playing elite players every single game. So being able to take that culture and turning it into a region championship team, I guess, is there any sort of takeaways that you had from either your growth as a player or being able to operate as a team to go from it? Because I I guess we'll get into a little later, but you've done this twice now where you've kind of joined a team that had a really bad record and ended up winning your conference or your region. But what kind of things do you think you learned through that process?
1: Um, Probably the biggest thing I learned is just, you know, being faithful, uh, you know, trusting the process. I mean, you know, when you're going into it, when you're losing so many games, it's hard to, you know, see that light on the end of the um, on the other side of the tunnel. Um, and as a team, you know, it's hard to stay, it's hard to stay connected and stay together when you're losing so many games. And you know, when times it's hard, you're getting beat up on every every weekend, and you got to go to school the next day. And they ask you, did you win? And like, no, nah, we, we lost. We were we were close in the first half though. But um, <laughs> yeah, that used to be the story back back in high school. Yeah. But, um. What I learned from it, was yeah, just just trust the process and keep working uh, because eventually, you know, you keep pounding that rock, eventually it's going to break and uh, you'll see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. And I think you did because I was trying to fact check this before, but as far as we know,
0: uh, you're still the all-time three-point leader in Gwinnett County history. And that's, I mean, we can go through a list of players that have played in that county, like Lou Will, Devin Vassell, a number of players went to Norcross that were very good. Jeremy Lamb, uh, Josh Akoge is playing in the NBA right now. Just a, a lot, lot of players. Of, yeah, a lot of NBA players, a lot of D1 players, all-time three-point leader right here. Um, but, you know, I guess everybody listening probably doesn't want to hear as much about details from high school everybody has that. But uh, when you were going through the recruiting process uh, when you were in high school, more so I guess junior and senior year getting offers, the ones I could find online were obviously Troy, where you ended up going, and then App State, FAU, and Georgia State. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you got that Georgia State offer while we were playing at a camp at Georgia State. It was, like, right after the game they offered you on the spot. But what was that like, uh, I guess, being pursued by multiple D1 colleges that wanted you to come play for them?
1: Um, I mean, it was a really great feeling. I mean, being a young kid that, you know, all you wanted to do was just go D1. All you wanted to do was play, continue playing, and play at the highest level. So when I started receiving interest, um, I want to say that, you know, that junior year, Um, you know, it was really, it was really refreshing because, you know, at times I was like, I was wondering if I would get this opportunity, but uh, when it did, I was really grateful. And, um, it's weird though. Um, you start off wanting to, you know, you want all these calls and all these, uh, coaches to contact you, but then as you get further along in the process you start to get tired of it, you know, you're, you're doing something and you got a coach calling you, you got to stop. So it can be, um, it's two sides to it, but I was, I was really grateful to be able to get the, uh, looks and opportunities that I had coming out of high school. Yeah, and you
0: ended up going to Troy in Alabama. Uh, what made you like? What did they kind of sell
1: you on that made you say, okay, this is where I want to end up going for to start my college career? Yeah, well, I ended up going to Troy because you know I was really I was looking to get out get out of Georgia, uh, you know, just to experience new things. But you know, also their coach, you know, they were the first people to offer me, so that kind of that kind of uh, held a little precedent with me. And um, you know, they had a senior that was a leading scorer shooter. Uh, you know, I could really see myself, you know, stepping into that role. And that's what they sold me on, just coming in as a freshman, being able to step into that role. And um, what they tell you while they recruit you is a little bit different than what it actually is. But, you know, I was I was very grateful to be at Troy. And um, I'm very happy that I still chose to go to Troy.
0: Yeah. And that's I guess that's important because, well, I guess we'll get to that just in a second. Uh, you were only there for one year, but it's important that I guess you were still happy to be. There, your freshman year, a lot of growth obviously happens uh, during your freshman year of college, especially for a Division One athlete. But you played, uh, just looking at the numbers, played 22 games, three starts, uh, 11.6 minutes per game, 3.1 points. So not as probably as much of a role as you were expecting, but what was that like uh, playing that freshman season at Troy?
1: Um, it was interesting. Um, I mean, it was a team that came off. Uh, they were in the NCAA tournament the last year. Um, that's also one of the reasons I wanted to go there. But um, you know, you learn a lot just being so young and being around other good players. And it's really humbling, you know, because everybody who comes out, everybody who ends up going to college and playing basketball, you know, in high school, they're the guys on their team. And then it's a it's a huge adjustment, you know, going from a starter to being a go to guy to, you know, you might not even play tonight, you might just be on the bench. And you know, you still got to be positive. So that's what it was like for me at Troy, you know, just learning from the older guys and, you know, trying to gain some experience and, you know, get better. Uh, as a freshman. Yeah, and I guess that is probably a very different role from what you were used to, even in high school. You were always a starter as
0: well. So like you said, everybody does that in high school. Then they go play D1, try and fig- figure all that out. Um, but then obviously that didn't, I guess, work out ideally, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was a change in coaching staff after that season. And yeah. then you didn't return, ended up at Southwest Mississippi Community College. What was, uh, I guess, kind of the reason or What made you decide to leave Troy and
1: end up at uh, Southwest? Um, So it's funny. I really didn't decide to leave Troy. Um, You know, a lot of times I kind of want to talk about this. A lot of times you hear in the transfer portal, uh, you know, so-and-so is transferred, so-and-so is transferred. And sometimes players get a lot of hate for, um, you know, leaving schools. But on the other side of that, a lot of times it's it's the coaches that actually tell these players to leave. Um, It could be from various different reasons. Maybe it's a new coach coming in and they like, uh, we won't have a spot for you this year, which is what happened to me, and um, you know, or sometimes they'll just go go grow over the player, and they'll just be like, "We don't want you here anymore." Um, so that's the other side of the transfer portal that a lot of people aren't really aware of. But the reason I left was because our new coach had came in, um, and basically said, "You can stay here, but we won't have, you know, you won't get any minutes." Uh, so basically, uh, a couple and within the next few days, I entered the transfer portal um and began getting calls from JUCO JUCO schools because back then you couldn't just transfer and play right away you had to wait another year and I really didn't want to do that and I averaged 3 points the year before so I decided you know to take the JUCO route and I ended up going to Southwest Mississippi because um you know just the relationship I was able to have with the coaches um my family is from Mississippi um so I was able to you know spend more time with them and you know they were just really really uh big on you know getting players in front of college coaches. And I wanted, that's really what sold me to go there. And I'm happy I chose to go there. Yeah. And so I guess what was,
0: I don't know if everybody else that was on the team was kind of in the same or going through the same process you were of transferring, I guess, down to Juco to go try and find a new D one school, or if there was different situations for everybody, but was there any sort of, I guess, frustration for you having been a D one athlete as a freshman, having offers coming out of high school and to have to like, I guess quote-unquote like go play juco for a year because it probably does have a little bit more of a negative connotation for a division one athlete to have to you know
1: play at juco the next season um i can i can say that you know being in southwest being at juco was uh it was pretty tough it's a pretty tough adjustment as far as you know when you're at a d1 school you know you get the whole college life you know there's parties there's people on campus fraternity sororities all that you get everything but In JUCO, you're most likely in a small town in the middle of um, in the middle of nowhere, and it's not much to do. So, Uh, I mean, you could look at it one or two ways. You can be sad or you know, ungrateful for the fact that you know you're here. You know, you were just D1, now you're over here in Mississippi, in middle nowhere, doing nothing. Or you can take advantage of it, no distractions, and you can just be in the gym. Um, and I decided to be in the gym, and I think it really paid off, and it really helped, you know, change my collegiate uh career, to be honest. Yeah. And I guess all that work ended
0: up paying off enough for you to uh, end up at Kennesaw State the next season, uh, which was, I believe, Amir Adur- Amir Abdurrahim, excuse me, uh, was your coach there. This was coming off his first season. They were 1-28, and then you ended up going there the next season. What kind of sold you on – KSU, like, I guess, also going back home because you mentioned wanting to get out of Georgia, go to Alabama, experience new things. And then I guess it was kind of the right time for you to come home. Like what what all factored into that decision?
1: Um, It was a lot. It was, um, you know, the coaching, the coaching staff, uh, they really sold me on, you know, the possibility of building something special, uh, you know, making history and doing something that's never been done before. And you touched on it earlier. Uh, you know, it was kind of the same situation in Mountain View, you know, coming to a school where, you know, they haven't really won ever. And then, you know, trying to turn it into something else. So I guess that kind of uh, drew me to it. Um, and then the aspect of being back home, you know, being around my family, uh, being around my friends, you know, my parents can come to every game, every home game, um, you know, there's just a different experience, you know. And, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy being at Kennesaw State. Uh, the coaches, they they really wanted to work with me. They all, they all believed in me. So, you know, it was really, it was a really good choice for me. And then coach. Coach Abdurrahim's
0: brother Sharif played in the NBA as well. So coming from, I guess you could say a lot of basketball pedigree with the family, what kind of things did you learn from him over your three years playing for him?
1: Um, I learned, I learned a lot from him. I mean, every, every practice, every day, you know, just being around him. He's such a a charismatic and, you know, knowledgeable guy. Um, But, you know, he taught me, you know, just work hard, um, you know, be present. Uh, and he taught us, he really taught all of us how to be a team and uh, how to sacrifice for uh, one another for the greater good of the group. And, um, you know, he really built a lot of toughness in all of us. And, um, you know, he really helped me, you know, become the player and person that I am now. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he's now at USF and is not the head coach
0: there. Uh, so, I guess taking a team from 1 and 28 to a conference championship over four years kind of lands you some pretty cool opportunities. Yeah. But your first season there, uh, team went 5 and 19, but your stats were really good. Like they were much more, probably, what you were expecting uh, coming out of high school 16.3 points. Uh, 3.6 boards, two assists, 1.1 steals, 2.6 threes. I mean, that was kind of your thing coming out of uh, high school was hitting threes. Uh, And you had the opportunity to do that. What was that season like for you to, I guess, was there any sort of satisfaction from going to Troy where they kind of said, hey, we're not going to have a spot for you to a JUCO school. And then seeing all that hard work kind of pay off. And first season back in Georgia, back in your, around your hometown to have a season like that.
1: Um, yeah, it was really it was really rewarding. Uh, you know, just because I was in JUCO, uh, I felt overlooked. Um, I felt like, you know, my coaches at Troy, they didn't believe in me. I felt like, you know, the people who didn't offer me when I was in JUCO, I felt like they didn't believe in me. So I kind of had a chip in my shoulder uh, going into that season. And um, that was actually the year, the COVID year. So we had a little mm-hmm. bit more time to work out. So me and my dad was actually in the driveway uh, pretty much every day just working out. So I had a lot of time to really prepare and work on my game. And, you know, I, that kind of helped me. Uh, going into the season, but it was a, it was a good season statistically for me, but it was a lot of long nights and long games going five and 19. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you no, know, it, it built, it built character. So. Yeah,
0: for sure. And having a season where you're averaging 16 points, hitting two, three, two point, two and a half threes per game. Uh, were you in contact with any, either schools that wanted you to transfer into like a power five school or even NBA or other professional teams that had any interest in you, uh, or was it just kind of, hey, I had this really good season, can't wait to run it back next year?
1: Um, yeah, it was it was really more of um, you know, since I didn't really enter the portal or anything, I really wasn't getting much contact from any other coaches. Um, and I really wasn't considering uh transferring. I mean, I figured I had a great season here at Kennesaw, we're only gonna get better. Um, you know, so I so I wanted to stay at Kennesaw and um you know, see, see everything through. And as far as the NBA uh, contact at that point, um, there wasn't, there wasn't really much contact, you know, you know, somebody would say, um, like sometimes coaches would come to the gym or scouts would come to the gym, you know, and talk to me for a little bit. Um, But other than that, it was, it was really minimal contact, you know, since I didn't really declare for anything or, or enter the transfer portal. Yeah.
0: And so I guess, like I said, we kind of were talking about earlier, you went into a team that and kind of in slightly improved their record during uh, your first season there, and then got close to 500 during your second season, uh, 13 and 18. And then last season, right, 26 and nine, um, and won a region championship. But your role also kind of changed over the course of those three years because you went from 16 points per game, playing 32 minutes per game uh, by this past season, just six and a half points. Uh, didn't start about half the games, 26 minutes per game. How did your role kind of change over your career at Kennesaw?
1: Um, I kind of stepped more into a a leadership role as I got older. You know, it was one, it was a couple of us older guys on the team and we really had to set the standard as far as, you know, coming to practice every day with the right attitude, the right mentality. And you know, when you're seniors, all you want to do is win. So uh, I was really just bought into winning whatever it took. Um, I didn't really care about the numbers you know I just wanted to you know see it through because we had took so many losses uh we figured it was about time we start start winning some games and start you know get a ring something like that but um you know it was an adjustment you know going from 17 to six points a game um but I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything so I mean it was I don't know how to say it I mean it was it was all right it was all right you know it was fun I mean, you get a ring out of it. It's kind of hard to yeah, complain about the ring, anything. The ring makes it a little bit better, for sure. <laughs> was that, I
0: guess, kind of something you, know, you said all the seniors just kind of wanted to win? I guess, I don't know if that was conversations that you guys had or if that was just kind of something internally where you said, all right, I'm going to just focus on making more winning plays, or is it something like as a team, like, you know, other players just became more of the scoring options and you were, I guess, focusing more on being a leader and being a really good defender from what I saw it seemed like, because not to make fun of you or trash on <laughs> you or anything, but defense wasn't what you were known for in high school. But when I watched right. you know, this past season, it looked like you were, you know, getting good defensive matchups as well. Like being asked to guard some of the best players on the opposing team. Was that something that you really started priding yourself on kind of what you did on the defensive end as well? Cause it, I mean, that is what helps win games.
1: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was a constant decision. I mean, we had a really close knit team. You know, all of us had came up through the ranks as far as, you know, being there since, you know, for a couple of years at least. But, um, you know, I just as far as defense, I just, you know, I had to get better at defense. I had to lock in a little bit more on that side. And uh, I wanted to be as valuable to my team as possible. Um, and it wasn't wasn't in scoring uh, this year. It was being a good defender, you know, being a good player and making open shots and, you know, just doing whatever it took to win, guarding the best player, or, you know, getting a rebound or whatever. I was just willing to do that um but our group was just so so close and so committed to winning that none of us none of us would bat night, you know taking less shots or you know if one of us had a bad game uh, you know we were always connected so we just really we stayed close and that's why we were able to find success yeah and success did come with a region championship or excuse
0: me conference championship uh right. it's conferences and colleges but yeah i know that but uh what was that like i guess kind of your second time really doing it coming in with a team and I've kind of asked this question like three times, but uh, what did it mean to your team, to you, to be able to kind of finish out your college career on a high note with a conference championship?
1: Um, It was a real moment. I mean, because, you know, in that moment, once you hear that buzzer go off and, you know, you won the game and you're, you're a conference champion, um, you know, you just think of all the pain and all the, you know, early, early workouts and all the blowout losses and all the, you know, road trips or whatever that led up to this that led up to this one exact moment and you know it's just it's overwhelming you know some of my teammates cried I i almost cried um but it's you're too cool to cry yeah I almost I was about to I was close. Cool. almost I was got you man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a real moment it's really it's really rewarding you know because you know how much you put into it so it really meant a lot you know and it's history you know first first division one team to win a the championship there um you know that can't be erased uh so you know, I'm just really grateful for that to win that ring, you know, to be immortalized, I guess, in, you know, Kennesaw and Georgia state basketball history. Yeah. And then obviously that win
0: led to being able to participate in March Madness uh, was, I guess, what was the kind of the, I don't remember exactly how quick of a turnaround, but it was a pretty quick turnaround from winning that championship game to actually playing in March, March Madness. What was it like, I guess, selection Sunday, being able to sit there uh, with your team and just hearing your team's name announced saying hey you're playing uh goodness who did you guys play in that first round i should have looked that up xavier. xavier xavier right okay so what was it like uh sitting with your team and getting announced
1: to be able to play xavier in that first round um it was cool we had a whole little event uh you know we had some students uh you know in the stands filled it up a little bit and you know had it on a big screen but you know it was just it was just crazy just seeing our our team uh, you know, on the big screen getting called out and, you know, seeing our matchup because, you know, before that, people could never really imagine Kennesaw State being in this, this position. Um, so just for us to be there on Selection Sunday, you know, getting the media attention that we got, you know, it was really, it was really great and it was really fun and it felt like some of our work was finally being, um, finally being noticed. Yeah, and then you guys ended up playing a tough Xavier team. Um, I remember
0: watching that and not to, like, be a fan real quick, but like watching you get fouled and then not calling it and yeah. that was ridiculous. But uh, tell me about like what kind of that experience was like for you guys, like as a team to to be able to travel and like knowing like, hey, like we're part of March Madness. Like was this, I'm, I'm assuming that it was better like travel and like more things uh, were given to you guys like throughout that process. I don't know if it was like a nicer travel, uh, either like a plane or like a bus or whatever, nicer hotels, anything like that uh, leading up to that game.
1: Yeah, so we we played in Greensboro. So if we ended up playing uh in some of the further locations like Denver or um I think they played in you know Texas or something like that, but uh we ended up just just um riding a bus since we were uh so close. But we ended up getting an escort um, you know, to the highway uh from Kennesaw. They had the band uh bring us out. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then we got the escort to the gym uh on game day. Then as far as like the different things that you receive, like the food at the hotel was was better than what we had before. You know, we get a gift bag, you know, we get March Madness gear to uh to rock around the hotel and stuff like that. You know, everybody's in like everybody in the hotel was all Kennesaw State people. So it was like a whole, whole community of just Kennesaw State. Um, so it was just really fun, you know, just being in that environment, you know, uh being on a big stage, you know. Uh there was some nerves to it, but No, for the most part, you know, we were really excited to, you know, get to work, you know, we wanted to upset Xavier. That was our, that was our goal. We wanted to make it to the sweet 16 and, you know, just keep going and take it day by day. But, uh, unfortunately we ended up losing, but no, it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah. Very close game, uh, 72,
0: 67 final. What was kind of like, if I'm not like, that's gotta be the biggest stage that you've played on as far as like amount of fans or at least national presence. Uh, what was that experience like having being able to
1: play in that game? Um, it was it was super exciting. You know, after I made my first shot, you know, the nerves kind of went down. But um, you know, it's fun because you know it's a tournament. So you know, other teams are coming in. You know, the stadium starts to fill up. You know, as the game goes on, and being the underdog, everybody wants to see you win. So you know, we start getting uh, fans from other schools. They start cheering for us whenever we score. And then, you know, we all of a sudden like the whole gym is rooting for us. Um, so it was just a really fun experience, you know, being on that court and then, you know, you got, you know, these, uh, you know, big, big time announcers calling your game and all that. So it's, it's really fun. You know, it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience. I was grateful, grateful to experience it. Definitely. And then, so that
0: ended, which kind of, I guess, wrapped up your college career as well. Um, and then I don't remember exactly how long after it was a few months after, uh, you ended up playing at the G League elite camp. So because i don't really know what happened in between those few months what was kind of the process like for you between uh that final game and ending up playing in the elite camp or i guess getting the invite for that
1: um i mean really that that process it wasn't it wasn't much time uh maybe a, a month or so but um you know and you know, i'll talk to my coaches you know i ended up getting the agent um and you know i ended up getting the invite so it was just it was just me working and just being being ready for that opportunity Um, you know, I got people that believe in me that, um, you know, really helped me get where I am. So uh, with those relationships, I was able to get into that elite camp and show show the scouts what I could do. Yeah. And so I was able to watch because they showed it on uh, the NBA
0: app, those games, but what else was involved in that camp aside from just playing
1: in those two scrimmage games? Um, so a lot, a lot went down at the hotel. Um, as far as the first day is all like medical, medical screening and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we talked to, you know, the G league, the G league union. Um, and they talked to us about, you know, what, what's this like being in the G league, what they can do for us and, um, you know, different advantages of being, you know, in that league. And then, you know, we met, we did like some, some character, not character building, some like team building, you know, just camaraderie kind of thing, you know, hanging around with each other in the playoffs round at that point. So we were all watching the, the playoffs and stuff, and at night they're having um, NBA interviews. So was, they had a whole floor of all the NBA teams. Each had their own room, and each was like a um, an interview room. So you know, you would get called to whoever the Knicks, whatever, and you would interview with them. So that's what would happen um, each night while we were down there in Chicago. So it was a lot going on outside of the games and outside of the you know testing, as See. I guess can you like kind of paint a picture for me what this looks like? Are you guys just like all
0: sitting in a room and then you have all the teams kind of in front of you and you guys are just kind of sitting there hanging out until like your name gets called almost like, I don't know, like a a school kind of thing like you guys just
1: hanging out and then wait till your name gets called? Uh, No. So we got a schedule as far as, you know, these interviews are scheduled at a certain time. So we stayed all in the same hotel. Uh, So you'd be in a room until, you know, whenever your scheduled interview is and then you would just go up to the room have your interview. And then, you know, that'll be it. You might run into the same scout or whatever on the elevator or whatever, but you know, it was all, it was all scheduled and panned out. It was really precise. Uh, when we are over there. So a lot more planned than I made it seem like it was. Yeah. It was, it, like it was <laughs> very structured over
0: there. They had it all panned out. Yeah. And then I know that there was, uh, I guess, I don't know if this is what you meant with like the medical, but, like the different testing as well. You can like look up and see like measurements and, uh, I was looking at it real quick before like body fat percentage standing reach things like that was that all done
1: there as well or was that done i guess around the same day or so as some of these scrimmages so wingspan and um wingspan height weight all that was taken at the hotel they had a uh you know they had cleared out a ballroom and had all these measurement uh instruments and all that uh so that was that was i want to say the first day we got there or the morning before we started playing those games and then at the games right the first day of the camp you know, we do the, uh, the sprints, the vertical testing, the, um, whatever the shuffles and all that. Um, and that's what, that's what you do the first day. And then the next from then it's just games, just games. Yeah. And then,
0: so I know the rosters were online. Um, I don't remember. couldn't find them, uh, beforehand, but I remember seeing them at the time. How was that process? Was it just kind of like, Hey, this is the team you're playing with. These are the guys you're playing with. And these are kind of your coaches, Uh, go figure things out or how was that process kind of like for team building or how that went?
1: Yeah. So we, they gave us like 15 minutes in a ballroom, you know, to just get to know each other, uh, you know, build a little bit of uh, camaraderie for this little weekend. Uh, You know, we had coaches from, I believe my coaches were from the Bulls, uh, from the Pistons. Um, So they had, I had uh, Mario Chalmers, actually one of my coaches. Um, So, you know, it was just coaches from all around the league. And they gave us, you know, a little offense, um, you know, some defensive keys and stuff. But other than that, you know, they just let us hoop and they knew it was a showcase. So they just let us, you know, go out there and showcase whatever we could do. Yeah. And you mentioned Mario Chalmers.
0: I remember I remembered it was somebody I can't remember which point guard, uh, but I remember one of them was uh, one of your coaches. What was it like interacting with him or having him kind of in your ear talking to you
1: uh, while you're trying to play these games? uh i mean it was cool you know just being around somebody that's been in the league that's that's won a ring uh in the nba so it was just cool you know you know trying to pick his brain and you know seeing how he sees things um as a coach and um you know it was, just, it was just fun to be around that group of people you know all really good players uh experienced coaches so it was just a really good learning experience for me
0: yeah and then a number
1: because you can see the
0: uh all the com or not combine elite camp invites online some of the guys uh off the top of my head that I'm are kind of standing out Hunter Tyson who's now playing for the nuggets was there uh Marquise Noel who was really good in March Madness as well I think he's in Toronto uh Des Hodge and Alex fudge are both with the Lakers John L Davis I think he's actually back at FAU again this season but anyways a lot of talented players that were very successful in college as well what was that like uh kind of playing with some of them alongside some of them but also kind of knowing like Hey, this is my competition. I'm trying to make it in, in the G League or you know get kind of my name out there for the draft. What was it like interacting with, but also trying to compete against some of these guys?
1: Um, I mean, it was cool uh, being around all these good players. I mean, and we all knew that uh, only two or only a few players would get invited to the actual um, to the actual NBA combine. So you know, we were being cordial with each other, of course, but you know, deep down, all of us wanted to you know compete and take that spot from each other. Um, so it was it was a really competitive environment with a lot of good players. So uh, you really can't beat that. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah,
0: and I guess I don't remember again how long after this was, but you ended up uh, getting a workout with the Hawks. Uh, was that directly from the G League Elite camp, and I guess your interview with them, or was that something else that happened along the way?
1: Um, it really it was really crazy how it all how it all went down. It really came about because my agent um you know had they have seen being so close to um Atlanta you know playing in Kennesaw, you know they kind of had a little bit of awareness around me but my agents uh you know he's great he's really connected with uh, with a lot of teams in the NBA so um it was one night he had called me it was like 11 o'clock I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for bed he called me said man you got to work out tomorrow and I was like dang like okay out of nowhere he calls me 30 minutes or so later he said never mind the workouts canceled so I'm like, dang, I got my hopes right. I got my <laughs> like, I got my hopes up to get ready for this workout. And then in the morning, it's about 6 a.m. I get another call from him. He says, uh, we need you to be ready in about 30 minutes. You have to work, you got another workout with the Hawks. Um, you know, so get ready. And I'm like, man, like, what am I gonna work out or not? Because I'm getting all these different right. different things uh within one time. But you know, I ended up going to that workout. Um, I think somebody, I think it was actually um Strother from um
0: mm-hmm. From way, yeah.
1: yeah, he uh he couldn't make the workout, so I ended up taking his spot. And that's why it was so wishy washy um at the beginning, but um you know I ended up doing really well, and I ended up um you know making a, a little bit of a name for myself within that um organization, and um you know it was really it was a really good experience. And it kind of helped me lead into some other things and gave me some momentum uh for that off season for sure. Were you able
0: to? I don't I don't know obviously how the workouts work, but. Uh, was it just prospects in the gym and some assistant coaches, or were any like was it was Quinn Snyder there, like any of the Hawks players
1: there for the workouts as well? Um, so when I got to the facility, like you see some players walking around. I think I seen like um, Jalen Johnson working out or Fernando um, working out. But um, you know, during our actual workout, it's about six. I want to say six of us, six players that were invited to go workout, and then all the coaches. Uh, Quinn Snyder was there uh, Corver, um, I believe Landry Fields, uh, was there too. Uh, and, uh, they were just watching us, uh, you know, they had some coaches, uh, orchestrating the workout. So we did some, some, uh, up stuff, some ball handling, some finishing. We did some three-on-three competitive stuff. We did some one-on-one competitive stuff. Um, and then at the end, we just did some shooting. So it was, it was a pretty solid workout. Uh, you know, got to see you shoot, um, and see you, um, compete with other players. So it was, it was really good. Yeah. And then what followed that? Like, I
0: think you said it was a good workout. Uh, how much contact did you have with the team after that? And what did that kind of lead to since that workout?
1: Uh, so after that, the draft was coming up pretty soon. I believe it was like a couple weeks after. Um, so we were looking to get picked up as far as, you know, like an undrafted um, pickup, but they ended up getting two guards. Um, so we kind of just waited out, you know, still probing, uh, the overseas market to figure out a spot. Um, and then I ended up getting, they wanted me to come for the uh, College Park Skyhawks tryout. Um, so I ended up doing that and I'm doing, uh, End up doing pretty well there. Um, and they put my name in the G League draft. Um, we didn't get selected, unfortunately, but you know, uh, it was good to just get them, you know, for them to see me play. Uh, so now it's just on me, you know, to get some film uh, you know, show what I could really do. Show that I'm not just a seven point per game score uh, like I was my last year at Kennesaw, you know, but kind of show them who I really am as a player. So I'm really looking forward to this next step right now. Yeah. And obviously still seeing where that ends up with you. I know it's probably a lot
0: of it, or I guess a lot of unknowns for you, knowing that you could be overseas. Like, is there any countries that you've thought about that, or talked to that could be, Hey, this is where I am for the next, however long, or is it still just really unknown. You have no idea.
1: Um, I mean, I've heard from my other agent, I've heard, uh, you know, Finland or, or Germany and things like that, but it's, it's so hard to put, put something on it until I got right. something concrete. So, I mean, wherever it is, as long as I'm safe and I get the opportunity to, you know, to show my game and you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. And backtracking to the elite camp, you mentioned
0: the interviews, I'm assuming you had one with the Hawks, but was there any other teams that you interviewed with, uh, during that process?
1: Uh so actually I didn't I didn't interview with the Hawks. I okay. had an interview I interviewed with the Knicks actually. Um and they were asking a whole bunch of you know, asking just different things about me trying to figure out what kind of person, what kind of player, and you know, where my mindset is. Um but I just had that one interview um with the with the New York Knicks. hmm Okay.
0: And then uh I guess kind of wrapping up, I had some other like I guess more fun questions. Who's the toughest player that you've ever had to play against?
1: The toughest player. Um, I'll probably say at liberty, uh, this dude named Darius McGee. Um mm-hmm. he he was uh you know, we all we always had problems uh going against him, but he's he's just such a dynamic scorer. And uh the way they play, you know, it's it's tailored around him to uh to score. Like think think of the Warriors, how they play with Steph Curry with the off ball movement, with the you know screening where he never stays still. He's such a great shooter. Uh, you know, he gave us 40 uh twice um not specifically me 40 but you know he gave he gave no. a team 40 twice <laughs> and uh we were able to beat them in the um in the A championship so you know uh that's that's probably the toughest player at all I had to guard at the college level yeah okay
0: and then I know I guess so that's toughest for college is there but you also had a number of workouts or even just like playing pickup or anything like that is there any other
1: like really like guys that just stand out to you that were like just incredibly tough to guard um I know in a program I had to had to go against Joe Johnson. And uh, you know, <laughs> he was he was a problem, you know. You just get into a spot like a like a vet does, you know, just get into a spots, you know, raising up right over you. But um he's definitely one of the tougher pros I've had to play against, definitely. Yeah, I mean I imagine guarding a guy named
0: ISO Joe in a <laughs> <or he's> just, <laughs> in a, a, a
1: program where you can just get,
0: get busy, so yeah. Yeah, no nope, no help, just right. Yeah, he's getting his buckets. That's fair. Uh and then what's the best performance that like you feel you've had? Like a, the one game that just stands out to you, whether it's college or I guess a pro am game, anything that stands out is like that's probably either the best I've ever played or just like the most memorable performance I've had.
1: Um, most memorable performance. I would say, man, I'm not I'm not sure. I know all the Liberty games are, are pretty memorable. Um, I remember I had, I gave him 31 at Liberty, which was the most points in that building uh, until a certain point until Darius McGee had um ended up breaking that. But, um you know, that was one of my, one of my favorite games, you know, just being there because the, the fans there, they're just so rowdy and it's such a, such a nice arena. So, you know, going there and, uh you know, dropping 31 the way I did was, that was a fun game. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean,
0: dropping 31 in an opponent's building, a rivalry conference. I imagine that uh, all of those kind of factor into making that incredibly memorable. So that makes sense a lot. Um, Spencer, that's kind of what I got for you. Um, and I really appreciate you hopping on with me to uh, kind of discuss your journey. And we'll be keeping up to date with you to try and figure out what happens next and maybe have you back on in the future, man. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, so that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Like I said, episode 36 of the Tank Me Later podcast. Uh, make sure uh, we'll keep you guys up to date with Spencer whenever uh, when he ends up figuring out where he's going to be playing at next season. We'll let you guys know uh, so you guys can stick up to date with that. Um, and hopefully we can get some more players on to kind of give that other perspective. I think that'd be a lot of fun as opposed to just kind of going through fantasy basketball stuff, as fun as that is. Uh, just talking hoops is, is what we're here for, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can follow at FBI basketball on Twitter, uh, like rate review, whatever you got to do with that, all that fun stuff. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. You just listened to another episode from the fantasy basketball international podcast network. Thanks for joining us. And for more
1: information about joining our community, please check out our website, at fbibasketball.com.